I'm Rizlar. I'm Frosty. As nobody's really engaged quite yet. Yep, oh, there we have a bit of- Oh, is that a triple stun for the Mystic? And welcome back to the Value Factor. And welcome back, everybody. Another day, another, well, not dollar, we don't make money off this. We probably should at some point. Especially since we actually have, like, a third person now who does, like, most of the work. We should probably pay him, but he's, he's okay doing it for free for now. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. I don't think for long. Uh, thanks to everybody for leaving a comment on the last episode. We're just gonna jump right into the comments because we have a guest today who is not in the same time zone. He lives across the planet and he's got work in a couple hours, so... Uh, Ambitious Panda is the first comment. Uh, he said, ask Fake Uniform on Twitch if he'd ever come on the podcast, but he said he's never heard of it. Frowny face. Uh, I pointed out to Frosty that this was, and Frosty noticed it as well, this is the exact same comment, basically, that he said last week. So... I think, uh, I think Fake Uniform hired him, and Fake Uniform loves our show. <laughs> I think... Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think. I think maybe this guy's trying to rub it in that fake uniforms never heard of our show. Feels a little upsetting, but uh, not that much, not that much. I'm a little hurt though. I'm a little hurt, but it's okay. Excuse me. Uh, we Gucci says another hour and a half of enjoyment. Great work, boys. Thanks, Gucci. Appreciate it. Zodiac Master says Kuno gonna re-roll to Kuno. I can sense it. I'm not. I'm not sure if he's re referring to you or to himself. Pro that's Zod That's the DK for one hour, Frosty, right. if you remember. Probably both. He's probably going to roll, and he probably assumes I'm going to as well. He would be wrong about yeah. me, though. I'm not. My and the urge is gone. <laughs> it's left my body. Yeah. We'll see how long that lasts. Um, <laughs> Infrax says, hope we are going to see more streams of you two. It was a great <laughs> show. Yeah, we'll see in the future. Um, for our first ever time trying to stream, it wasn't terrible, but we definitely made a couple mistakes that we got to fix, uh, if we want to do it again. So it was a learning experience. We'll do more streams in the future, but, yeah, and uh, we just got to work out some kinks basically. And the next one, we'll make sure you guys know ahead of time instead of last minute. Yep. yep. But of course, as always, uh, our promises are empty and void and have no meaning. So join the Discord so that way, uh, you know, you can be alerted whenever Frosty goes live and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so you can be uh, lied to there in text. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Suakai says, saw you guys tier list video in my recommended feed as I was looking for a tier list. I'm a new player with roughly 100 hours, two level 56s. Not sure what I'm doing and was wondering what classes were worth the play. After I watched the tier list, I watched your podcast overall. Great content and keep up the great content. Appreciate it, man. Glad that that video could help you. We got to do another one here soon, Frosty, because I feel like things have, things have shifted a little bit. Yeah, things have changed a hair. Um, like not a lot, not insanely, but I'm, st I'm think still a little bit holding out for the, um, shy awakening. So that way we know how, how to place that. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking as well. Probably in class. like a month or so. Yeah. Yeah. Joke of a class. <laughs> Somebody's kidding. upset. Jeez. All the shy mains are going to dislike this video now. Thanks. Uh, uh that's, that's <laughs> all right. 
R9S says, <clears throat> Frosty, please update us on your Kuno if you re-roll it and if it's good. Was my favorite class, but the PvE was so bad at low AP, I'd re-roll in a heartbeat for her. Yeah, if you have high AP, she's very good. And I, I still think her only weakness is that she needs one more movement ability. Um, not It doesn't even necessarily need to be a great movement ability, just something to help support her movement for large scale when moving against wizards, witches, and archers and stuff. Um, ninja and Sark comparatively, and Tamer, it's a lot easier to move around. But outside of that, yeah, she's really good. And she's good at grinding in high-end and low-end spots, so. Uh, Pink Pink says, hey, thanks for the good podcast. However, I missed the time when you guys just sat and talked shit with your guests or with each other. Understand that you are evolving and becoming more quote-unquote serious with time, but do not lose the nice talk I thought it was missing in this section, EU Zerker. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of things going on with the last podcast. Mainly we were streaming, so we were like multitasking a lot more than we usually are. Uh, like normally we're just sitting here, like stare, I'm sitting here right now, staring at either A, the comments of the last video, or B, Audacity. And so my mind is completely clear and I'm just having a conversation. With last episode, we were like, I was watching the stream to make sure everything was fine over there. So was Frosty. Obviously, he was running the stream and bringing up uh, different things so that the people watching the stream weren't just like staring at nothing. Um, we were reading chat. We were interacting with people in chat, like through text and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think some of that was definitely lost, but a lot of that was in part due to the stream. And that's something that we'll just kind of get better with as we uh, move on with time or whatever. So I do, I do wonder if he's referring to just that or like all recent episodes. I think we still shoot uh, the shit. Yeah, we still do a lot. I I don't know. I I did notice it last episode specifically. I noticed there were a lot more like dead moments, and there were a lot more. Like, there would be moments where, like, you were bringing up something on stream, and I'm, like, reading people talk and chat, and, like, Piotr's just doing his thing, and then I realize, like, nobody has said anything for the last, like, ten seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we gotta get better about that kind of stuff, but it all, it'll all come with practice, so, um, senile sloth. Says, feel like all the whining about potential shy PvP damage is pointless until it is actually tested. Uh, no opinions are pointless, my guy. Uh, they need to know opinions uh, from the community, from everyone in the community. You need to share your opinion so that it's uh, they know it and your opinion can be heard. I agree so. with the commenter. He didn't say <laughs> your opinion isn't important. He said the whining isn't important. Well, the my opinion was me whining, so <laughs> yeah, that's standard. Uh, Jack, it's pretty much just par for the course. Jack the Shade says, "Agree." I don't know what part of this one hour and twenty six minute video he agreed, but uh, I assume all of it. Yeah, so there wasn't a part in there that he did not agree with, and that's awesome. Which means he agreed with my whining about shy PvP damage reduction. So, uh, suck a dick, see now, Slaw. Okay, and not, not uh, <laughs> all commenters can be right. <laughs> Tim said, good video as always. It seems like Frosty enjoys rope swinging from the wrinkled and saggy nutsack of Pearl Abyss. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. 
You do what you, you do what you love, no matter what anyone thinks. Okay. Yeah, but he's he's just living his life. Okay, man. You don't need to attack him like that. All right. He gets paid good money to do that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Hey, someone, dude, someone's got to defend this fucking company, dude. Everyone hates this shit, and for no dude, good reason. You say that on Reddit. Basically, I got into this like. I, I don't know if I'll necessarily call it an argument, because it really wasn't, but basically this guy said, like, oh, Perlibus has been doing really good lately. They haven't had a single misstep for, like, a good year now, and I was like, okay, well, that's just false. Like, they've been doing really well, and they've been doing a lot better than in previous years, like, absolutely, but to say they haven't had, like, a single misstep or something to that effect is wrong and i listed a bunch of things that have been either like dead content or just things where like yeah it's nice like for a little temporary thing but it's not does it really change the game in any meaningful way in the long term no it doesn't and so i basically just listed out all these things and then i just ended it with what exactly what i said uh, before where it's like prolibus has absolutely been doing better and i hope they keep doing better but we shouldn't just, like, suck their dick and say, like, they, they haven't done anything wrong. They're absolutely perfect with every decision that they've been making. And I literally got downvoted into oblivion for saying Good. that, basically. You, <laughs> you know, I the source of those downvotes is your history. Is yeah. it? Yeah. Dude, I, I have been noticing, though, honestly, like, a little bit of a changing of the tide, which is in part because of Pearl Abyss, but, like, it it does feel a little bit less hateful in posts lately. Not towards yeah. each other. People definitely still hate well, each other very, very much. But the hate towards yeah. the game itself has definitely, like, calmed down a little bit. Well, I think that's because Prolibus has been doing a lot better. They have been communicating a lot better with the player base. They have been making a lot of good changes. They have been pumping out. Uh, a bit, I don't know if I'd say a lot, but a bit of new and, and fun content, even if only temporarily, like, they have been doing well. They have absolutely been doing better than the previous uh, two, three years, however long uh, that the game has been running, so they've been doing really well lately. But, like, my whole point was they haven't been perfect, and to say so is going to make you ignorant to when they do make mistakes. Like, you should praise them whenever they do well, you know, but you should also, like, criticize them whenever they fuck up or they do something stupid. Like, you have to do both. You can't just, like, you can't be all focused on the negative just like you can't be all focused on the positive. You have to be able to do both. And that's basically all I was saying in that post. I got, like, negative 20 fucking karma on that shit. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh... Ronnie FC07 says, Funny was thinking of the story of Reslar selling some gear to go half ass DP build. First of all, it wasn't half ass. Was okay, I don't know who told you that. Okay, second of all, <laughs> moving on. Then I had to have a friend talk me off the ledge when I realized all my stuff could be liquidated to a dream horse. <laughs> oh no. Played, played with one on the Global Labs and wanted it ever since. Didn't do it though, and the Reslar story helped me make that decision. Love the podcast. You know what? I make mistakes so that you don't have to. Okay, that's really... 
You're welcome. Okay, you're welcome. There yeah. you have it. <laughs> a- anytime you get to that point where you're like, dude, if I just sell a couple things that I use every day, I could get blank. <laughs> just stop. Stop yourself. Take a deep breath. It's not worth it. All right? And yes, Reslar sold a Triogre ring so he could buy a Tribenchos and nothing else. Yeah, that, that's 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, like, at least weekly, like, come up with these schemes in my head. I'm like, you know what? If I just sold, like, my Ergons and my Tree Spirit, you know, I could save up a little bit of money. <laughs> and then I have to go, like, no, 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 no. That's fucking stupid. Don't do not do anything like that. <laughs> it's fucking retarded. <laughs> always, always think back. You know what wasn't a mistake? You want to know what nobody gives me credit for? The tent as well. Okay, when I came back to the game... I didn't have a Kazarka, so what did I do? I bought a Tet Aswell off the market. No AP reduction in the rain. That thing was OP as fuck. Went for pin on it, failed it, then sold it as a try. Nobody ever talks about that. No Nobody ever talks AP about AP reduction in the rain. Correct, yeah. Every other weapon, your AP gets reduced in the rain. People don't know this. With Aswell, it doesn't. Nobody ever talks about, oh, dude, remember that time Rizlar was a genius and bought a Ted Aswell weapon because it was like a third of the price of a Kazarka, and then he used that to farm up the money for a Kazarka and then just bought one? That was genius. Instead of like buying a prize Zarka and then trying to enhance it to Tet, which is one of the most cancerous things on this planet. No, no, nobody ever talks about that. They all just talk about. Oh, remember when Rizlar sold his Triogre for a base Bencho's neck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuckers. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I'm sorry, but anytime you have to take a time out to brag about buying an Aswell sword, I'm out. Listen, <laughs> you just don't get it. I actually it. did. Nobody- I, so recently someone listed, not min price, but damn near min price, uh, Tet Tungrat earring. And I, I like had to just jump on it. Because it, it was going to save me 2.7 bill or some shit. And I was like, that's just Jesus. too much money not to buy this. Yeah. It was like, instead of listing it for like 11.4 or whatever the max was at the time, it was listed for like 9.2. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I have to buy that. Hmm. Let me see what they <sighs> yeah. are now. No, I'm curious. The shit people come up with, man. Anyway, that's it for the comments. Thanks, everybody, for dropping a comment on the previous episode. Make sure you leave one on this one as well, letting us know your thoughts and all that stuff. Um, I already have the question that I want to ask our, our peoples yeah. today. We're going to, later later on today, we're going to be talking about the secession skills or succession skills, whatever they're called. Uh, if you haven't heard about them, to give you the TLDR, you're essentially going to be able to choose between whether you want to use your awakening weapon or your pre-awakening weapon as like your main weapon basically they're giving you the option to choose essentially is like the tldr like the super short version um my question to all of you guys out there the listeners i want to know uh if given the choice to use Either one of your weapons, your pre-awakening or your awakening, as your main weapon, like the one that you are in, like seventy to eighty percent of the time. Which, what class are you, and which one would you pick, and then why? That's kind of what I want to know because I've been hearing a lot of interesting things. 
from people. So yeah. also, I want to know. It, I want to know. It that. would be a hundred percent of the time. You literally would yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. You can't when these come out. If you choose, no, they they said they said that you can still use your other weapon. I no, no, no. If you choose one of the paths, that's not the hybrid. You you can only use that weapon and nothing else. I thought they said that you could still use it, but it was, like, only the base abilities, so, like, you could only use the movement. R right. Or, like, but those are considered, they have a, someone broke it down, but they're, they're considered not weapon-based abilities. So, like, uh, Flash, for example, on Mystic, like, you don't, uh -huh. it, it's not really weapon-based, it's just, like, a movement ability that has really nothing to do with your gauntlet or your Cestus. So skills like that oh, will still okay. be usable, but like your pre-awakened abilities will not be like actual skills that use a gauntlet. Okay, so, I but see. Yeah, I I'm see. also curious the same thing. Make sure you list your class and yeah. why, so, why you would choose one or the other. Because man, it, it's like, I'm so excited dude, about that shit. Yeah, it's going to change the game. It's going to be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know a lot of people are like upset. But at the end of the day, as long as there's a hybrid option that's at least similar to what we have currently, there's no reason to be upset, really. All this is is adding more diversity to player builds, essentially, which I think is very, very good for the game. But we'll get into more of that later on. First and foremost, we got to introduce our guest today. He is a, uh, he's, he's a uh, time traveler from the future about, I don't know, fucking... Sure, what, the 12 hours? Some shit like that? No, longer than that, actually. Like, 16 hours in the future? I don't know, some crazy shit. He's in Australia, pretty sure. And he's also the uh, GM of Blade Nero, a good friend of ours. Ollie, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Rizlan Frosty. How's it going? <sighs> it's going well, man. Are you Aus You're Australian, right? You're not oh, New yikes. Zealander. <laughs> 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 nah, uh, Aussie. But... Uh, definitely have to be careful with that one. Yeah. You'll upset many Aussies and Kiwis by getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. That's why I wanted to clarify, because I know, like, there's the, this huge, like... It's not, like, actually, like, people care, but it's, like, like people talk about it. Where it's, like, New Zealand versus Australia or whatever. Like, they each think that <laughs> the other place sucks, basically. Yep. It's basically <laughs> that. Do they? People from Australia, like, think New Zealand sucks and vice versa? Yeah. It's, it's oh, actually God. a thing. You guys are babies. It's hilarious. <laughs> like, two beautiful places <laughs> that hate each other. It's hilarious. It's, it's, it's basically, it's basically like uh, America and Canada. Basically, yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Canada sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Exactly, Frosty. <laughs> No, I'm pretty sure even most Canadians like look at America and they go, uh, yeah, that's that's quite a bit better than what we got going on here. But who knows? Yeah. If you're a Canadian, let me know your opinion. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so I <laughs> I have a I have a Canadian friend, that's what he says, so I'm just going off of what he says. Yeah. Um all right, so let's do let's do just the basics we do with everybody. Let's get uh Ollie. How long have you been playing BDO? What do you uh what class do you play? And what's kind of a little bit of your backstory? You've been GM how long, and all all that sort of stuff. All right, so give us your your life, your BDO life story. Oh, this is going to be a sad, sad tale, like most I would assume. <laughs> 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 uh, I've been playing since uh, beta, basically, so that's been quite a while. Um, you know, so that there's on and off breaks that everybody sort of has. I think 
had a few of those, but pretty much that whole time, just uh, so I enjoyed the game. Never really got too tilted at it. A joke, you know, as much as you can't get at too tilted at it, I guess. Um, playing Witch at the moment, so no need to have any hands. Just mash the keyboard. Makes life really <laughs> easy, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you just? I have a question. Since you're playing a witch, do you just have like a little paperweight that you just have on your F key at like all times, and then you just press the buttons around it for your abilities? Yeah, pretty much. It's just F at a direction or shift. It's not <laughs> hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's like forward, back, shift, out, and just cycle back through. <laughs> Yeah. Get a bit fancy, <laughs> throw in a fireball or a meteor occasionally. <laughs> yeah, you're like, whoa, you throw in the fireball, like, whoa, slow down, 358 whoa, p.m. shit, my fingers are burning. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Professional StarCraft player. <laughs> so, how long, how long after you started before you became, like, GM? And were you always GM of Blade and Arrow, or were you in any other guilds before that? When, um, when I first started out, I didn't really want to be the G- a GM of a guild because I'd been a GM before, like a couple of years before in uh, Terra and stuff. And I was just going to like take it pretty easy and just like be in a guild, be a dude, you know, be one of the many. Um, I think I was in like three or four guilds in like the first sort of couple of months that like died out or merged out. And I think by the time I got to like the third or the fourth one, I was like, well, this is this is irritating. So I'll just start my own sort of thing. Um, so that's sort of like how Blade and Arrow came to be. It was pretty cas- casual to begin with, and then we sort of like built, built it up, got pretty big, started doing some node wars, which we were just like completely noob for, and it was hilarious. Like thinking back now, it was like we had no idea what the hell we were doing, and it was hilarious. I think we first time we ran ran, ran through was like a year and a half until sort of like all my officer core and myself kind of want to take a little break from it. Uh, we merged out, uh, joined uh, Eviscerate at the time, which was sort of like up and coming, gave them a good power boost, and we chilled in there for like half a year or so, which was really fun. Uh, Jin, the GM, he's a great g- dude, great GM, and uh, when we left, he just got kind of a bit too busy to be sort of the GM and run the guild, so we just came back, rebooted and restarted, and that's where we are now. <clears throat> and that was back in the... Uh before node wars were segregated yeah yeah so we uh i'll try to like pinpoint when we sort of like disbanded but i don't think there was any like we disbanded just before the cc changes came in so we were Mm. in a different guild for that and everybody you know there's a lot of upset people at that time for that in a lot of guilds that i knew and then we sort of came back just as sort of the ticket system was changing to what it is now, like the yes up and medals and all that. So, right. so I think like total time being GM is probably getting on two years, but it feels like two thousand. <laughs> Just standard GM time. Where's <laughs> there was a GM? I was. So were you? We were all GMs or are GMs? Wait, you're GM? Oh yeah, so, are you, you are a GM right now, dude. Who, yeah, me or Sinfui. Me? Sinfui. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
technically, you know, I have a guild of uh, one person. That's me <laughs> on my alt account. Left? <laughs> well, yeah, I wasn't doing anything with it anymore, Gosh, dude. That's how many guilds is that that you killed now? Uh, four, I think. Nice. I don't know if do you count Sinfui though? I mean, really? Yeah, you had seven really active members, and you let them all go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, dude, that's what it was. I like that you're on board with calling it Sinfui now. <laughs> I'm just tired of fighting it. It's an it, adorable honestly. name, dude. I love it. <laughs> Um, so, Rez, uh, you want to talk uh, about T1 Node Wars, yeah? Yeah, 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 I wanted to ask, so, I, I've dabbled in the T1 system a little bit, uh, a friend of mine has a very small guild, and she wanted to mess around with Node Wars, so I kind of helped her get the basics down, and when I was doing that, I learned a little bit about T1 Node Wars, but outside of that, I have, like, no experience with it, so, uh, for people out there who may not know, like, who maybe have been in Siege Guild since the system came out. What exactly is the T1 system about, Ollie? And then what's kind of like the, uh, what are, what are, what's, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? Meta, right? Because PA doesn't work, but I guess you can explain that. Yeah, so the T1s, like, they're broken up into the caps. You got those easy, mediums, and hards. They all have a different, uh, value of AP and DP capped into them. I think the easies are, 230 AP, 250 DP. I could be wrong. I can't remember because we never do easies. Um, mediums are like 250 AP, 290, which is sort of more like average gear, I'd say, these days. Old, Old soft cap. Cat. And then the hards are 270 AP, 320 DP, which is ba- we kind of sit there. We maybe do a ca- occasional medium if there's a, a couple people on the node just for the fight. We basically been sitting on the hards just because it uh, allows most of our guys to still use you know the vast majority of their gear, and they don't have to buff too hard to hit that cap because once you hit that cap, there's, like there's a few things that seem to go past it, like um, evasion seems to go past it a little bit, and like your DR percentage go um, a percentage buff on your gear. So when you hit certain DP caps, you get that percentage buff that seems to bypass it slightly, but not too much. So once you sort of get that to that cap, that's it. So if you're sitting close, some of the guys kind of save them buffs. But honestly, it's it's it, since we came back down because we come up for like to the tier twos and we're just getting like destroyed by mercs, which was not fun. It was I think it was like two weeks straight. We literally just fought people from or in siege guilds, and it was it was just aids. Just don't have that that, that gear to compete with those guys. Um, but having no PA was like. At first, like being a caster, I was like, "This is going to suck so much," but kind of have to do it for the guild. But we we did like two node wars, and I'm like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Remove PA from the game right now, <laughs> please. Like it, it's actually really nice not having to worry about who just has more casters and who can get that PA buff off first. Literally, you know, wins you the yeah. push just based on that, on nothing else. So not having it. Not only allows like pushes to happen faster, and it, it feels like you get a lot more fighting in rather than standing around waiting for a three-minute timer, um, just to win literally yeah. through a, one skill. So, and it it, it kind of just it's a bit more rewarding. So a- like I feel for people with a lot more skill, they don't have to worry about mashing into somebody who just got a bit lucky and has 900 DP. You know. 
Yeah. So to clarify for people who may be confused, with the APDP caps on T1s, uh, PA is straight DP buff. It, it doesn't give like evasion or like hidden stats or anything. And so because of that, it won't uh, be effective on people or it will be effective on them, right, Ollie? But only to the cap, whatever the cap yeah, is. So if you got somebody in your guild, say they, they have pry boss armor, they, they blew up all this shit, and they only have pry boss armor, so they're probably rocking like 220 DP. Like, PA will work on them to the cap, and then it will give them nothing else. Um, right, so it, they can be, they can have 320 DP for, you know, 7 seconds or whatever Yeah, it they is. can have that max, that max DP for that 7 seconds. But after that, it all comes back down because the buff is gone. But for the most most people, right. most people sitting try Tet boss unless they really actually do like Tet roulette or something. That I, I think these days say it doesn't really affect too much. Um, but yeah, not ha- not having it is so. Great. What's the what's the meta like for guilds in like T ones or, or do you still just stack like a bunch of witches and wizards or do you go a lot more brawler classes uh, like? What's kind of like, as far as like a meta comp goes, theoretically? I definitely notice a lot less casters, because I, I, I think, like, in those tiers where the PA works, it's it's meta. Like, if you don't have, you know, 10, 15 casters, you will just lose the PA battle, so those guilds naturally have a higher caster rate. Um, we don't see too many, actually, like, heavy, heavy caster guilds in these tier 1s, because they're... Um, Effectiveness is down. Like you still got speed spell. That's really good on uh, P um, on the tier ones because you just get that speed boost. You get your abilities out even faster, and like all the different sort of other class buffs you get from other classes seem to like apply through as well. No matter what you're sort of rocking, but it definitely there's a lot more like skirmish to classes because they they can just get shit done so much because they're not mashing into that buff. Um, you see like a lot of a lot of Musa Mewa, maybe not so many Mewas because there's just not that many. Uh, Archer was pretty uh, heavy the last few weeks and it was sort of flavor of the month. Like you just see guilds with like masses of archers and literally set up in a firing range and you're like, let's just run into it. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna get there yeah, somehow. Right. Um, but definitely, you definitely see more guilds that look just sort of RBF, um, the ones that do sort of like coordinate and ball up. Get the flanks. They have really good like flank moves because they have all those zoops. Get in the back, and it, they actually get rewarded for doing that, opposed to just like getting in the back, hitting a wall, and then just having to back out. So, yeah, I I wonder if so. I just thought of something interesting. I thought I bet you the shy is really strong in T1 Node Wars because the little bubble is essentially like a PA, but actually works in T1 Node Wars. But then I also thought to myself, well, no, actually, it's probably not very good in T1 Node Wars because the 450 DP that every Shy is running around with isn't effective in T1 Node Wars. They get brought down to 320, so they'll get killed just as fast as everyone else. So do you see any Shies running around in T1 since uh, this came I, out? I've seen, like, a couple. Not not many. Not so many that we've actually noticed. We had one of our guildies rock a shy, like, the first week they came out. And the buffs are, like, insane. The buffs that she can get out are really good. Like, um, yeah. I think it's a crit buff. 
that they can put out, which is that one seems to apply really well and it does a lot of damage. And we fought another shy on Tuesday, I think in a guild, uh, Sexy Tushi, which is uh, alliance of Akatosh and Sexy. And that, they were really strong. They put up, they had a good, we had a good fight with them. It was like a stalemate in the end, full two hours, good back and forth. Um, but they had a shy, which was really tanky. I don't know what they were running. Whether it was just uh, through buffs or maybe it was just straight D, uh, DR to get that percentage buff. That sort of makes it through, yeah. but they're really tanky. And the heal that they can put out is just AIDS. Like you apply all this damage and it's like, oh, all these guys are actually full again. Right. Uh, yeah, with the whole DR thing, so like the hidden stats still work on T1s, right? Like. That's why you see a lot of T1 only guilds doing like these human damage builds and shit like that. Yeah, so the human damage gets through. So a lot of people stack that. Um, when you hit certain DR caps, so 316 gives you a 16% DR reduction um, in your gear. So that percentage buff seems to apply. I'm not too sure how high it actually applies, but. You can't. You do hear people like running um, accuracy offhands, just to get that accuracy up a little bit more. If they can, because they can buff their way back to the cap. So you can drop, you know, a good 30 AP, buff your way back up there, and have the little bit extra. It's not as common, and it's not as uh, utilized. I don't think there are some people that do it, but you have to have like insanely good gear to even start with that. Um. Which, that seems to make people a little bit more tanky, but it does seem to hit a limit, and then you just get nothing more out of it. What what, what the yeah. actual cap actually is, you know, only PA knows, whether they, they even know themselves. But, um, the numbers <laughs> that are on these caps seems to be about roughly what it is. The, the thing I found interesting, because uh, we did sort of like, we did a one medium, like, shortly after Archer came out, a medium cap. And my guys didn't really like it. I think they just got archered to death. Um, but we did. We did one on bad. Tuesday. So the, the, that that cap is like twenty less AP, thirty less D, uh, DP. But none of us really noticed it. So I feel like the way that they have the cap set up, they all f- roughly feel sort of the same. But if you got slightly lower geared people, like opposed to the, like the top end of your guild, it sort of like helps them as well because they're going to be on a little bit more of a level playing field rather than, you know, just getting smashed by the top ends of whoever you're fighting. Um, how, how long do you fight? Like, let's say you have your ball. Wait, how many man nodes are these generally that you're on? Uh, we we've been doing like twenty fives and forties. There's some some fifty fives as well. Um, but okay. I've yet to see a guild that actually brings fifty five. Um, if I do see a guild that brings fifty five ever, applause to them for bringing fifty five because I've never seen yeah. them bring like so. Massive let's numbers. say you're on a on a forty man. Your full offense hits the enemy's full offense. How long does a fight? on T1 node wars typically last like that, like an engagement. Because, you know, like, normally, I, I feel like on, on Siege or T4s or 100-man, 60-man, you see, like, the engagement starts, PA1, PA2, and then that's about it. And the fight is over, and one of the sides either won or lost. Is that kind of the same thing? I mean, obviously, you don't have PA, but is it is it about 15 seconds for a fight? Or does it actually, are you sitting there kind of fighting for a while? No, I'd say it almost is about the same. Um... Because 
if maybe slightly less. But about 15 seconds sounds about the same. Like, you don't have that PA, so there's not a lot of posturing. Like, if you sort of sit and posture and, like, sort of get everybody into position, if you were going to drop a PA, you're just going to get engaged on before you're ready. So the engagements sort of come a bit quicker. Like, you have to sort of group up faster, move a bit faster, and all that. And then, because a lot of people, can, like, you can get away with sort of RBFing a little bit more opposed to, like, ball versus ball. Like, you kind of have everybody scatter out. If you get a good engage and say your whole ball jumps on somebody that's not ready, like, you're going to nuke them down really quick. Um, which, you know, that can last, that can be a real quick engagement, and then you just push on. But if you have a, like, both engaged sort of together, it's about a 15 second. It's not that much difference. Um, but, right. so, but, like, not having the PA, not having to really sort of worry about, like, just having that buff, not having to worry about if you even have enough, like... Th- a couple of nodes I've done where you just literally lose because you don't have PA, like, or enough PAs is the most frustrating thing I think I've ever had to deal with in this game. (laughs) Yeah. So, would you say that you prefer T1 Nodors over, like, the non-camp, like, T2s, for instance? Uh, When, like, when we first dropped down, we were, like, I was very apprehensive about doing, like, I literally did it because... I I thought it was like the best thing for my guild at the time. They were just we were just getting destroyed on the tier twos with all these mercs. Like just before the like the merc uh, limit came in, you'd have those guilds that were like 50, 70 percent mercs, and you're like, we might as well just fight, you know, a siege guild because it's basically that's what we're fighting right now. Um, so I was a bit apprehensive coming down, being caster, not having PA not really knowing what the meta was and all that. We did, I think, our first node, we took like a week off, maybe a week and a half, just to like refresh everybody, give everybody a break. And I think we did a Friday on like a, a 55, and we just rocked up with whoever we rocked up. And it was like the most fun war we'd had in like two months. And probably since we come down, I a bar maybe like one or two node was where I've actually wanted to like, punch a hole in my desk just from like frustrating shit that we did as a guild or like messed up it's probably been the most fun in node wars that i've had my whole time like doing them and that's a good you know one and a half years of node wars purely yeah. just because the fights seem to be a little bit better they're more fun like you can get away with a few more mistakes which you know anybody who thinks they don't have mistakes on node war days uh, is a liar <laughs> No one's that perfect, and I, I refuse to believe anybody <laughs> who says that. Something always goes wrong. But So you can get away with uh, a few sloppy plays and that just because you don't get punished. By, but um, it definitely seems to be more fun. I would, uh, And I, it would take a very big change, either in my guild or the game, to make me go back up, to be honest. Right. Well, do you think that maybe they should... Uh... They should do, like, expand caps past T1s. Like, maybe put caps on, like, T2s, maybe even Tier 3s to kind of push, like, the Siege Guilds up into the Tier 4s, where I think most people believe, like, the Siege Guilds should be, right? Like, in this theoretical world where the higher the tier, the stronger the guild, all the Siege Guilds should be fighting on Tier 4s, but they're not. They're fighting on Tier 3s or Tier 2s. Like a good ninety percent of the time. What are your thoughts on something like that, or do you think it should just only be restricted to tier ones? Uh, 
I mean, that's hard to say. Um, because like, what would the next cap be? Like, uh, the hard cap's two hundred uh, seventy AP. Would will you make the next one two ninety perhaps? But that would still let a lot of those people in. I don't know. Whatever number they decide would be up to them. I could see maybe putting them on the tier twos just to like naturally move their siege skills that drop down into those like low cap tier twos just to have like a frag knight. Um, just to make that a little bit more ac accessible for probably like guilds that get to like the hard cap. Like we probably should be doing the tier two like in 30s and 45s, but we don't have the gear to fight. You know the chose the snakes. The notoriouses of the world, and I'm perfectly fine saying it. Those guys are geared; they have good numbers. Like, you run into them, you got to team up with somebody, or you're going to lose. Like, that's just the honest truth. Um, I could, I would say, putting on the tier two would probably be a bit more healthy, and like getting more people into doing node wars and moving them into where, like, where most people would assume they naturally should be. Those tier threes, tier fours. Um, but. I don't know what that number would be or how they'd do it, but I wouldn't put it any past tier two. And I think, like, it, as it is, it's not terrible. Like, if you do run into those guilds on those lower cap nodes, literally go find some friends and jump on them. Like, you remember that node war Reza we did with you guys and when Hex and everybody just jumped on Cho. I don't, they didn't complain about it, but it took you know right. three or four of us to take them down. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Light. Yeah, I don't know. I just think, uh... I mean, I won't say, like, the state of Nodal Wars is bad. It's certainly not. It's pretty pretty good right now. But I think people get very annoyed when they have Cho Nation on this node, right? Even if we do all gang up on Cho Nation and kill them in an hour, it's like, well, shit, we just, you know, we just spent an hour killing Cho Nation, and now the, the four of us have to fucking figure the rest of this shit out in one hour instead of two, and it's just kind of annoying, yeah, you know? Yeah, no, I understand that 100%. Like, I, I, I agree. I think Node Wars are probably the healthiest they've been in a long time. Um, just from, like, sort of what I hear people sitting on different caps and people I talk to and what I've seen on the Tier 1s as well. Like, yeah. most Tier 1s have a, a good... I, uh, I still think... Three to four guilds, like, minimum. Like, you've... You get the occasional snipe if you're doing sort of like the the higher cap, like a 55, just because a lot of people can't bring those numbers. Um, but for the most part, you get a fight every night. And, uh, you know, that's not the way it, all, it, it used to be. Some, like You could go a couple of days without a fight if you, you know, depending on where you placed. So Yeah. I still don't understand why they reverted that change. They made a change. It was either on the test server or only in KR. I can't remember which. And then they ended up reverting it like two patches later. Where whenever you got a tier node, you couldn't go below it. So it essentially locked siege guilds into tier 3 and 4 nodes. Because you needed at least a tier 3 to do siege. And so when they got their tier 3, they couldn't go back down to tier 2. I was like, holy shit, they just fixed Node Wars right there. And then they ended up reverting it, and I was like, I was very confused, because I thought that that was a, a really good change, and probably one of the best change that, changes that they had made, honestly. And then they reverted it, and I, I'm still not sure why. I wish they had kept it, honestly. Yeah, I, I can't actually think of a, a, like, a significant reason for them to, like, take that out. I, 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 I remember seeing the same thing. Like, I was like, well, that, because I think we were sitting in Tier 2s at that time. 
And I was like, that's great. Like, that'll yeah. fix so much stuff. I think rather than putting a cap on tier twos and introducing a whole new system to a whole new tier and to a bunch of whole new guilds who may or may not have moved out of tier ones just for that reason, is to put that change back in. Uh, make the tier threes and tier fours qualifier only for siege. The people that want to do siege have to drop on those nodes. I don't see how that's a problem. There's plenty of fights around, and not all tier three, tier fours. You have to bring a hundred people. They have, you know, there's forties, there's thirties, there's fifty-five cap member cap nodes that if they want to have like a sort of more chill night where they don't have to bring, you know, seventy percent of their guild, they can do that, and it will naturally move right. all those guilds together where the should create more fights, in theory. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they... I don't know. I, I can't remember. I, Frosty, do yeah. you remember if they gave a reason why no, they I, took I that away? I don't remember the reason. I think they... That was the time where it was like... So all of those changes were on Korea, but that was when they would do the... They had like a different change every month. They were like experimenting super heavily on Korea server, and we just didn't get any of the changes the entire time they were doing it. Um, but yeah, I remember that, and I also I don't know why you wouldn't because it's not it's not until the last like five or six months that they started putting the developer notes in the patch notes, were kind of explaining some of the changes. So I, I have no idea why they did it, but I I do wish they were still like that as well. I mean, I also think it would be beneficial for the Siege Guilds because one of the main issues is you have, let's say your Black Rose, you place on a 100-man T3, or even on an off day, you place on a 40-man T3, you're almost never against Haste or Cho or Vertex or, or Snake because those guilds are placing on T2. So... Yeah, it it it's, yeah. it kind of goes both ways. I actually think it'd be beneficial for everybody yeah. to kind of put the stronger guilds up at the top and the lower guilds because a lot of the stronger, I mean, some of them don't. I don't know. I won't speak for everyone. Some of the guilds literally do just want to stomp noobs, and that, which I kind of hate. I despise that um, thinking because it's just like uh, I don't know. Um, but. There's also a lot of guilds that do just want to have fights on the off days because once you take a castle, you can't fight for a while. So they just want to have good fights leading up to it and they don't get them because no one places. Yeah, it's a yeah, little rough. Like, as far as I can tell, but... tier four, most tier fours are just snipes. I mean, for us, you could probably yeah. attack, uh, say that better. Gonna, Almost always. You got I mean, to get we that. Had two uh... mandatory node war days in Black Rose every week and we literally. I can't even remember the last time we had a fight. The only one we had was a scripted, or not scripted, but a planned fight to 1v1 barcode on a 55 man. Outside of that, the entire time, like six months I was in BR, I don't think we had a single fight. Yikes. And we had two mandatory wars a week. Yeah, to get that trainer axe practice, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, and that's the, that's the kind of stuff that that's what forces these guilds down. Like, it's not, it's some, some of it may be like, don't want to just like frag out on some people that are slightly less geared geared to them, but you know if I didn't have a fight in my guild for six months, I wouldn't have a guild. Like, like it's it's right. just it's completely pointless. You have all these people like buff up. So say you have there's a stick, so there's a tower. You're still gonna have all your people buff up, put on a villa, all their buffs, and then it's like oh just take out your Trina X boys, let's do it, and then you know that you're done in three minutes. Like <laughs> it's completely pointless. Right. 
So have you tried, because I do think one of the cool things to help supplement that with black rose in particular is we, we murked out all the time. And before you can murk like 40 people into a guild, but now it's pretty limited on T2s and 3s. Have you tried a T2 now? I'm wondering if it's different. Like, uh, I mean, it's tough because you're still going to end up getting against Haste or Cho, but it does seem like there's less of the murking kind of completely changing the balance of power. There'll be like a couple good people, but don't they limit it to like five uh, on T2 I think, and T3 or whatever? I think tier, three, uh, tier 2 is three people, like even less, like three people. So like, I personally haven't murked out because you, you can't murk as a GM, which is completely retarded. Yeah, GMs should... No, GMs shouldn't be allowed to have fun. I agree with that, yeah, actually. Yeah, no, that's right. That's what happens when you sign up to be GM. Is that there's a no fun clause. You have to sign on yeah. that dotted line. Like, all your fun yeah, and RNG yeah, will be taken from learn you. Learn how to make spreadsheets. Oh, no. Nah. <laughs> so you just get somebody else to make the spreadsheet for you, and then you just constantly break it and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's your spreadsheet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I personally haven't really... Uh, checked out anything recent like I'd have to play on a different account and I'm just too lazy to do that to be honest uh, I, a couple of my guys occasionally merc but and you know it's kind of it is what it is just a lot less mercs but you just still have those occasional gills drop down that you kind of have to jump on um, but I think the merc limit was a good change um, for what it was oh, like absolutely. having like literally fighting a guild and all you can see is merc tags, and it, like this is dumb. Like I think I saw you'd see like one person who was either an officer or a GM from the actual guild, and then it'd just be all purple borders around names. <laughs> and you're like, what is even going on right now? Who are we actually fighting? <laughs> I still think they need to have a merc limit on siege, personally. Like, cause siege is uncapped, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Ollie, you also are and have kind of always been the main shot caller for Blade and Arrow as well, right? Uh, yeah, for Blade and Arrow, definitely. Uh, when we moved over to Avistra, I kind of took a little backseat, uh, backseat, little break, sort of. Um, mm-hmm. They had a shot caller. His name was uh, Frobles. He ended up going to Black Crows. I don't know if he was still... He may probably wasn't there when you joined Frosty, but he was really good. Um, so I was happy to take a backseat to him, sort of like learned a lot from like his calling style and then sort of like when he moved on I took over and eviscerate and got sort of back into so, it. If someone wants to get into shot calling, what are they uh what advice do you have for them? What what how do they like get into it? What do they need to know? Is there material out there? Do you watch someone? How do you like draw inspiration? Where do you learn from I, I have it Dude, I, I have advice. Yeah, I have Don't the best it. advice ever. Don't do it. You will want to quit the game. It is the most frustrating thing ever. But nah, all jokes aside, <laughs> all, it can be very rewarding, but understand it, it's going to be very frustrating. The way I did it, because I had very little shot calling experience before I started in like in any game, really. It's sort of media was sort of like the first sort of thing I did. I just watched how other people shot called and took what I liked from their styles and then sort of like made it into my own. Um, so like when Lakari was still actually playing the game, like, he has a very sort of, like, high-energy, tempo-hype sort of style to his shot calling when he was still playing. So, like, so I took, like, a little bit of that, because, like, if you, in, and then in contrast, if you watch someone like Vidani, 
when he shuckles, he's like really monotone, very sort of quiet, and it, it, that doesn't really work for me. But some of the strategies that he had, or the ways that he'd group and move vertex around, were really good. So you know, you take a little bit of that, and you take a little bit from somebody else, um, and then, and then you, you sort of. Sasha, which is just a big ball of anger. And then you have at Sasha that's just Australian, so that one was really easy to sort of pick up. And then, <laughs> um, He's my next door neighbor, I can hear him oh, right I'm now. I'm pretty sure my next door neighbors hate me too. Like, <laughs> um, but no, like I watched a lot of Sasha as well. Like a lot of people just see Sasha as like this yelling, angry, abusive thing, but like it gets the job done. It gets people on their toes where he wants them, doing the stuff that he wants. And the plays that he runs are really, really like interesting and really good plays. Like he's, I think, hands down the best shot caller in BDO at the moment. But I've kind of not really been keeping up with it since we come back to the tier one nodes. But like I watched a lot of like his calling as well, probably the last year or so since Black Rose came back. And like some of the stuff that I learned from him and some of the other stuff like it's really handy and i would say i took a lot of that and you just sort of like if you really really want to do it i would watch as many different shot calls as you can find on twitch or youtube whatever and sort of formulate your own style never try and fully copy someone because it'll never really work just sort of like take a little bit of everything that you sort of like about that and then just formulate your own and then understand you're going to want to punch your computer screen every you know two to three days yeah, as soon as something, soon every, as something goes or, or wrong, every war, soon basically. as something goes wrong, it's always gonna be your fault, and then you're just gonna want to kill everybody, and then you're just gonna hate everybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the first thing you gotta prepare yourself for is what are you gonna do slash say whenever you say group on this ping, and there is not a single body moving towards where you are pinging. That's the first thing you gotta figure out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the, the worst is like you you have an engagement as the shot caller. You're the last one alive. You die. You res up after everyone. You already the said the meeting and spot. And you're the first one there. Ping, <laughs> and you're the first one there. And when you left the base, you're like, oh, fuck. I fucking didn't pull my horse out. You go back to the supply to go pull your horse out. And you're still the first one there. And then you're like, dude, why the fuck am I the only person at the pink? I died after everyone. Get over here. Or like you're running. As you're running, you're like, dude, why are you running? It's so far. Where is your horse? Why are you running on foot? We have a supply depot. Yeah. No, no, no. The, even, the, even the better one is when you're moving on foot. to a, Like you've got, you, if you set your rally slightly further away, you get everybody there off your horse and you start just running. The worst one that I have noticed is like, I don't even have to like shift run. Just, just normal run. Not even fast. And you're like, how is no one keeping up? Hello? Hello? I'm not even running fast. I don't even have five movement speed, guys. Where are you? <laughs> I I wish that I could flag on my own yes. guild in No Doors. <laughs> because right the amount back. of times... The, am the, the amount of times I say we're going to meet at this rally point, and then I drift instead of excelling to the point, and I see people just auto-pathing down the fucking road... I'm like, I, I, I want to kick this person. I want to kick this person right now. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of the things that makes it so hard for smaller guilds. Like, with with Sasha, he can tell people, like, you need to be here. If I see you doing something that stupid, like you're running on foot, 
multiple times like you're out of the guild but it's hard when you're trying to grow a guild to threaten people that they're going to be out of the guild you know yeah i don't know what you're talking about i I think i don't go in node war ever without threatening to kick somebody (laughs) 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 that's that's a normal day (laughs) that's why you're not filling up the 55 man t1s dude <laughs> Holy shit. Nah, we're just too toxic <laughs> to get new members. That's what it is. <laughs> Dude, for real though, with Sacha, like, I remember some, I was talking with somebody, I don't remember who, about shot callers in general. And I remember I said exactly what you said, Ollie. I said, well, the best shot caller right now is Sasha, in my opinion. Like, hands down, there's nobody even close at the moment. I think the only person who was close was Vudani, you could argue, but he doesn't play anymore or whatever. So, I mean, it's just Sacha, like, on his little on his throne all by himself. And uh, they said something to the effect of like, well, what makes Sasha so good? And I said, well, the number one thing that makes him so good is he gets asses and gear. That's like the number one thing people struggle to do whenever they're like a new shot caller is like getting people to fucking move, you know, like just like get to this ping, rotate this direction, like attack this structure, like just getting people to like move and do the things that you want to do. And he's able to do that extremely effectively by yelling at the top of his lungs and calling out literally every single person who's not doing exactly what he says, you know? I'm like, that's that's what that's what he excels at, honestly. It gets the job done. Like if people aren't listening, like you're just not gonna win. Like even I like yeah. some of my guys yeah. have even said to me they're like, because our backup shot caller is like radically different to my style. And they're like he, you know, days where we were on our game and everything, we did really well with the backup, but sometimes we just need you to, you know, call us retarded. <laughs> like, it just <laughs> makes shit happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I actually think that that's number two, because his energy level and the respect that he commands, I, I put that as the second thing. He actually has a ridiculously good awareness of everything that's going on in a war. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's I, people don't realize it but he's got multiple parties in his ear the whole time he mm-hmm. is setting up flanks like the whole time and getting people you know you're the skirmishers are hitting from the south and you're hitting from the east and you're about to sandwich this group and you have your flex on the complete opposite side of that and he's really good at doing that consistently like every time when like if you're kind of newer to shot calling and you try to do it just the first time you try, you realize how difficult it is to get everyone to even move yep, into three 100%. different places mm-hmm. that you almost just give up on it and like, nah, fuck it, we'll just do a ball. Just everyone getting a ball, we're going. But yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, he, he does yeah, that it, kind of stuff really well. Yeah, I think that's... Um, yeah, absolutely. By no means do I mean to suggest that that's the only thing that he does well. No, yeah. Like, if the only thing, if the only thing that Sasha did was, like, get people to move, then he would just be Lakari. I mean, let's just be honest. Right. Like that was that was Lakari style, mm-hmm. right? Like, I don't think anybody really thinks Lakari. And I don't mean no offense by this whatsoever, but Lakari was not a great strategist. He was not like setting up these crazy flanks with these certain groups of parties or whatever. What Lakari did well was he got his guild to go where he wanted them to go, and that's why he was extremely successful at a time where there weren't a lot of really good shot callers. And Sasha has that same kind of, like, energy and hype about him, but he also has, like, exactly what you were saying, the ability to do this insane shit that a lot of shot callers can't in terms of strategy and, like, setting things up 
to make a play and other things like that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good thing for like, it, it, for people that are looking to if they want to be a shot caller. And I'll say again, those people are mad. You don't want to be a shot caller. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would be pretty comfortable saying most shot callers got it thrown at them and they're just kind of stuck. Um, but if you do want to do it, like you have to understand, there's going to be a lot of sacrifice um, to yourself as well uh, in the whole like, like literally what you just said. Like, you, if we use Sasha as the example again, like he's all that time he's setting up flanks, he's setting up all these pincers. I guarantee he has somebody from his defense team talking in his ear as well. Like, that's a lot to coordinate. Why you're trying to PvP and fight in a ball and call that ball? Like I have the same right. thing. Like we can be like openly fighting in our offense channel. I'll have like three to four people talking in there because everybody else has to be muted. Otherwise, it's just too much talking. So you got people talking in there, yeah. and yeah. then in one ear I've got defense talking to me. You have like flex talking to you, and you have to coordinate all that. Why fighting with your main offense and also fighting yourself? Like is. There's a good yep. me- good meme. Like I got, uh, I ended up in like top five um, for like our stats this week, and literally one of our guys was like, "Who the fuck let Ollie get into top five? Who is slacking in this guild?" Because <laughs> I like I rarely place that high because I'll just like put all most of my fighting aside just to focus on calling and coordinating. Right, you're just gear carried, dude. I mean, uh, one of the things it's class <laughs> carried. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always was. For me personally, when I was trying to learn and like draw inspiration, I always thought Vudani's style was really cool because I, when I would watch like some of these Vertex streams, it was like, I would just sit there and ask myself like, how the fuck are all 70 of these people moving together when he's that calm? I have, makes no sense to me. So calm and (laughs) monotone at the same time. He's just like, guys up here on the right. Everybody's moving. Everybody on the the east. (laughs) All right, get ready. We're going to start PA1 now. Hold your PAs. All right, go. And like, everyone's just there. No one's questioning it. There's no bickering. Everyone's there. It's like, wait, why are you guys listening? If I'm calm, I mean, that just shows the amount of respect that they have yeah. for him, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a like, big thing. They, they they don't they don't need to be hyped up to and, and you know I'm not trash talking anybody who has a, a hype shot calling style. I have one myself, but he doesn't need to be hyped to get people to do what he says. Right. right? He just says it, and they just fucking do it because they know that whatever he's saying to do is the best thing that can happen. Basically. What about Cho? What's Cho's shot calling like? I don't think I've ever heard it. Same. I don't think I... I couldn't even tell you who shot calls for Cho. I, I don't know. Either. So they just RBF. Know. All right. <laughs> Probably. I mean, if it's Cho Nation, I mean, there's a good chance, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And, I mean, that's the one thing a little bit that I miss is, like, having Vudani was kind of an option, right? Because Vertex and Black Rose were so close. You could be like, well, do I want to get screamed at? by a really good shot caller or do I want to be ASMR'd by a really good shot caller? Like, you kind of had your, <laughs> your choice, you know? Yeah, I think that's, uh, like, yeah. what was so interesting for me, like, looking at both styles and at the time when they both were fighting each other all the time, is, like, you'd see the contrast between, like, Sasha and Vidani next to each other and you're like, they're just as good as each other but the styles are so radically different mm-hmm. and it was, like, so interesting yeah. to, like, watch and sort of, like, pick apart as a shot caller, and like, oh, that kind of work, like, what Vidani does there is like really cool. I really, I really like that. Um, 
or you know, you really like that from Sasha, and that's you know, that's how you make your own sort of style. You know who I always heard was a really, really good shot caller, and I believe it, but I literally never heard even a second of his shot calling. Uh, Proto. Oh yeah. From FML. I, I, I've always been told that he was a really good shot caller and like up there with the greats or whatever, but I've never heard it. I've never heard it in a stream, a VOD, nothing. Yeah, I had it shared with me a, a long time ago and I, I don't remember where or why, like when I was like super new. And I just remembered like he was one of the people that just everyone loved his shot calling and it was like, well, Guild's going to be dead if he leaves kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's unfortunate because it's hard to find really good shot callers. So it's kind of it is. It's extremely hard, and I think that's the hardest part. I I think losing Vudani actually hurt a lot of new shot callers because who do you look for? Who do you look to rather for like shot callers now? Like the only one that you know people regularly talk about. You can always catch him streaming and doing his shot call is Sacha. Yeah. And Sasha's fine. And if you want to go with Sasha's style, then there's absolutely no problem with that. But that's not the only style right. out there. And so people might watch him and what he does, and they might say, oh, well, you know, that's just, that's not me. I just don't want to do that. And they get turned away from it. Whereas if they were given another option, they were like, oh, well, if you don't like that style, here's this Vudani guy. And then they were like, yeah, that's a lot closer to what I would like to do. You know, I, I feel like it's a, it's a loss, uh, for new shot callers or people that are interested in it, yeah, you know? for sure. I have a an, another side story about Vudani. Is when we were, remember, Res, when we placed with Vertex and Cho in the, uh, that epic, like, 22, yeah, Valencia? <laughs> 22 guild bullshit yeah. in Valencia. So, that week, granted, we, we all got fucked by lag, like, right in the beginning, but that week leading up to that war, the amount of preparation that Vudani did, like, I actually was, like, so I'd go in the call with him, and he'd, like, strategize, and he wanted to meet, like, every other day for, like, an hour with everyone to kind of strategize, and then I realized, like, in between those hours, the dude is just running around a character in Valencia, like, three hours a day planning yeah, shit out and he's at, like looking at rocks <laughs> looking at rocks dude he sends me this map he's like all right i measured out if we have five bases how to completely block out the southeast region of valencia <laughs> here's the map <laughs> and i was just like wait what he's like is there anyone available that could come test this with me i just want to make sure it should only take an hour or two tonight if anyone has time i'm like dude i'm not spending a second out in valencia i'm sorry dude and then like i remember after one of those calls I, like hopped in the hex discord i was like guys just a heads up i'm never going to be a great leader I'm probably going to retire soon. There, that I can't do that. If that's what it takes to be top five, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, dude, same. <laughs> that's why I was like a long time ago when I found out the amount of work that like the top Siege Guild's leadership does. I was like, yeah, the highest I'll ever get is GM of a Balanos skilled <laughs> where I could just show up it's and insane. fight. It's <laughs> insane. I can remember we dropped on Calpheon one week as a right? And uh, I think it was just before Man Up died, so they were getting chased around by Vertex and Cho and all the, all those other guys. And mm -hmm. we placed on Calpheon um, with Man Up, and I remember Winters chasing me around Calpheon for an hour and a half, 
I had already <laughs> placed, but he just kept chasing me around the whole nude zone. I'm like, this dude is dedicated. Like, didn't even wear his full gear. He'd just come up, horse charge you, lock you on the ground with, like, half his gear off so he wouldn't kill you just to flare you. And you're yeah. like, then you just, you know you go back to like try and get everybody else down, and you're like Winters comes back five minutes later. You're like, oh my god, how is he still here? It's literally been th- one and a half hours. <laughs> He's not actually doing anything. He's just running around tr- trying to scout out p- uh, people's forts. Like some of the prep that those vertex guys do or used to do, yeah, well, it was insane. Like siege was a weak, weak job for those guys. Like it mm. start start on Monday. <laughs> Dude, I'm thinking about like when uh, cause do you get remember too in that war res where uh, he he XD dropped guild? It was like before murking. They dropped guild and went into vixen so they could place because they were already on a territory and he he XD. So You're right. I remember they put out that message like the night before or something that or like people were saying like he he died that he he XD died. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, I, have, I remember and, that. Like, literally within 30 minutes, Vudani's like not. Nah, they're in Vixens. They're going to be placed tomorrow. And then I remember waking up the next day and it was like 2.31 a.m. group message. He's like, found Vixens base. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Vixens here. Every guild was right. Dude, it was fucking crazy. I was just like, yeah, I can't. No, there's no yeah, way, dude. There, there's some serious scouting that you want to like. I can remember like way back in the day, you like Snake would lock out media each week. they just get a bunch of guilds to lock it out. And we were one of those guilds back in the day, like, before we sort of joined Eviscerate. Like, they, they'd help you get a node, and then, you'd, you know, Wednesday, you'd get a message with a map, and that map would have letters on it, like A through J. And they're like, you're placing on J. Uh, okay. And then they'd be like, <laughs> what about these other letters? Oh, they're already taken care of. I need you to place on J right now, on Wednesday, for Siege, to block it. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> And you'd go there, you'd go there, and it'd be like between two giant rocks, and there'd be a road, and you're like, there's no way this will build a base. Like, there's no way. And it'd be like one blue peg to put the tent. And so you were like, do you really want, like, do you want me to build here? There's, there's no way I'll be able to build a base. Oh, you don't need to build a base. Just put the tent there. If we get a fight, it'll be fine. Just build what you can. And like, you, you know, if you had a fight, you'd build it, and it'd be like half a base walled off. Not enough room for anything. So you basically just like one wall on one side and a, t- and a tower, and you're like, well, this is going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, it's just because you know, they had it all measured out to like perfectly block it out. It's, it's crazy. On a smaller scale, on like T1, T2s, um, Spartan's kind of always been like that, right? Like if you, Spartan for whatever reason, like the, their leadership like loves scouting for some reason on Node Wars. Uh, they'll yeah. like find everyone before find every- a war. Like they'll message me if we placed or whatever and plan a one v one, and he'll message me be like, "Did you find any of the guilds?" I'm like, "I, I'm at work. I, I didn't even know anyone else placed to be honest." <laughs> and then all of a sudden he'd be like, "Oh, no worries. I found them. They're here, here, and here. It's eviscerate, blah blah blah, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Okay, okay. This sounds like cool. there's me- sounds like there's messages I used to send you, Frosty. Like, yo, yo, are yeah, you down? Yo, are you, yo, are you down? Uh, I just got home." Do you know who's down? And they just send him a map. It's like, oh, they're all here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It just sounds like they're just not making any silver per hour. That's all I got to (laughs) say. Yeah, right. Not enough time in the grind. You need to make that a life skill, dude. Base scouting. 
scouting. <laughs> stealth, stealth skill. Yeah. Dude, when are we going to get the rock climbing life We're skill? We're not getting it. Stop. Yeah. But but then we'll be able to do Valencia nodes without you know catching AIDS. Just climb up a wall. All right, boys, we're about that, to climb. PA at the bottom. You have seven seconds to reach the top. Yeah. Three, two, one. Oh fuck! Everybody's dead. <laughs> oh god, reading Blizzard. Oh god. <laughs> just arches at the top. Just right R and B up. Just 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 peppering down the cliff face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, fucking uh, Jim Bob made it to the top. You see a Zerker just grab him, throw and him just off the edge, dunk him <laughs> off the edge. <laughs> oh God, they have Zerkers. <laughs> yeah, the the Valencia uh, note, man. But... I, I wish I don't know, man. The Valencian notes are cancer, and it, it sucks too because Dude. outside of like the mountains and stuff, the rest of the area would be so fun to fight. Like it would be so fun to have a node war up by centaurs in the back of centaurs. Like, not where the mountain is, but, like, you know the hills kind of in the back? Like yeah, where yeah, yeah, where, yeah, like where you're almost by Kudum. That would be so much fun yeah. to have groups up there. And even, like, Gahas. But the mountains themselves are just awful. Dude, Clash fucking kills me. They love dropping... Noah, specifically, loves dropping Valencia nodes for some reason. And I just straight up told him. I was like, listen, dude, the odds of me coming to a Valencia war are, like, slim to none. <laughs> oh, you're trying to tell me you don't like fighting in the Kadri zone and climbing literally every hill there to find towers? <laughs> dude. <laughs> I went to one war, like, a couple, like, maybe a month ago on the Kadri node war. It was a snipe, and it took us legitimately, like, 40 <laughs> minutes to find it. And I was like, never again. Never, never there's again. A, there's a place in the Kadri zone, so I think, like, most of the node, it's, like, the actual Kadri node, there's ancient ruin, all that. So that zone, there's a place you can play, um, build behind some mountains right next to the river, and it's, like, completely aged to get to and out of. I can remember we built there one, one, uh, one week, and we all, all, all the guild teleported in, and they're like, how do we get out of here? And me and, well, leadership court literally just open up comms in Discord and we're like, everybody has to escape, escape out of this base. And then you'll be <laughs> in the zone and then we'll go find where everybody is. And they're like, what? what, what? Holy shit. <laughs> like the whole guild so just stupid. escape, escapes out and c goes to rock post. And they're like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, there is some nodes that are just... Fuck, why? Uh, the bloody <laughs> monastery node. You drop there, your guild is gonna hate you. 100%. Climbing up yeah. that hill. That's the really long one on the yeah, mountains next that, like, to Dragon, right? L in Serendia, up against yeah. the Dragon Mountains, which now that it's open, it's not as bad, but, like, back in the day, had all those invisible walls. You could build invisible the bases, yeah. like, onto the back of invisible walls. You'd only have to defend from one direction. Climbing up the mountain is AIDS. Like, you drop there, your guild will hate you. 100%. Like, it's actually blacklisted in my guild. Like, <laughs> if we drop there, I guarantee, like, 10, 15 people are literally not going to show up. Purely just because of that note, <laughs> if they're on or not, like they just won't come. <laughs> I'm the same way about the uh, the watchtower note. I hate that one too. Oh, that I hate sucks. it too. But it's it, it's not as bad. But it's just it's so long. Problem, it's like you have to run it's so just far. Like a staple in like the tier one hards. Like it's on there like three times a week, and it's like 
I legitimately hate this node oh, so much, and I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Now that we've done so it a couple cancer. of times, it's not so bad. There's definitely like some janky build spots, but I think once you do it a couple of times, it's not as bad. And no one seems to build up on the hill to the south anymore so much, which is really aids to deal with. Most people build like like Brady Fortress is kind of hard to assault, but it's not impossible, and most people sort of stay away. Because as soon as you build in there, you know, you're going to get focused, so. Right. Dude, Hex is at 99 out of 100. Look at that. Yeah, they replaced you quickly. Did what? You said Vexus is at 99 out of 100? Hex is at 99 out of 100. Oh, I thought you said Vexus. That's why I said they replaced you quickly. Vexus replaces people very, very easily. (laughs) For sure. Dude, somebody the other day was like, you know, they should have Balanos give bonus pay for, like, sea monsters oh and shit. I was God. like, you want Vexus to hold oh, Balanos no. for ten months straight? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like, that's all that's gonna happen. You guys shit. wanna talk about the succession? Yeah, so right. that was a rabbit hole for about 30 yeah. minutes that we weren't planning on going down. <laughs> but fuck fun. it, let's move on. I do, before we get into the succession thing, I wanna say... I want to correct myself because when I was reading the interview, I didn't realize when I said you couldn't use any of the skills, that's for the mobile version. So you were right, Rez. Like they're saying that it, no matter okay, what yeah, route you choose, you'll thought. still be able to use a few awakening skills and use them or, or vice versa or whatever. So yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought that I read. So they said in one of the interview questions, so someone said, <laughs> or the question was, what is the difference between Black Desert Mobile and Black Desert Online succession system? And the answer is in BDM, if you choose to go with the succession route, you can only use succession weapon and skills. The same goes for awakening. If you choose to go the awakening path, you're stuck with nothing but awakened weapons and skills. In BDO, however, you won't be forced to play just one of the two. You won't have to sell your awakening weapon once you take the succession route. Even if you're playing succession character, we're planning to allow that character to take a few awakening skills and use it freely. Which... Yeah, so like, if you're a pre-awakened warrior... This is how I'm imagining, anyway. If you were playing a pre-awakened warrior, you could still swap to your greatsword and use, like, Solar Flare and, like, Gravedigger. Right. But they just won't do damage. Or something, yeah. Is what I'm imagining, weird, you know? Yeah. But the way this is worded, like, even if you're playing a succession character, almost makes it sound like it's going to make you create a new character to do it. No, they won't do that. Well, maybe they will do that on BDM, but not yeah, on BDM. It's already out. Like that's yeah. Yeah. that's their system, the BDM. I don't, I agree. It was like really strangely worded. That is how it works in BDM. Or I don't, I don't know. Oh, okay, I, I thought you were saying that is yeah, yeah. It says even if you're playing succession characters, you're planning to allow that character to take a few awakening skills. So that that almost sounds like you have to like like you choose your class and then you choose the succession or whatever. I no, feel I feel like I it'll be so. like sort of like how we have like the raw bomb skills, the absolutes. Like it might even be a whole nother skill tree. Like once you sort of spec into one, right. it kind of like it'll lock it well, in. Didn't or they something? say I don't that know. they were gonna add more? Yeah, add more what? Didn't they say they were gonna add more yeah, skills? Yeah, I mean they have. Whatever? So the weird thing, the thing that sucks is we have to take weird tidbits of this interview out and try to put it together because it's like, um, like all right, so. You you went over the basics of succession, so I'm just going to read some of these. So, like, one of the things that's interesting that they say 
The question is, the succession system re revolves around powering up the pre-awakened skills. How will you make the new succession skills unique for classes such as Wizard and Witch, who sharely, share nearly identical pre-awakening skills? And the answer was, that's something that we're currently thinking about. Succession skills and classes such as uh, Witch, Wizard, and Ranger Archer will undoubtedly share a lot of similarities with each other. That's because the basic skills are nearly identical to each other, but... For witches and wizards, I feel their succession will revolve around lightning and fire, respectively. So, like a witch pre-awakened skills would be more lightning, and a fire would, or wizard would be more fire. Right. So they're going to make them more different. Yeah. So even if you go the pre-awakened path on the witch and mm -hmm. the wizard, it's still going to be right. different. So they're saying it'll be the same what they're generally, saying. but they'll make some differences from right. what it currently so, is. So. It'll be interesting to see exactly what they do. Apparently, the warrior skills were already out, or like got leaked, or something, or data mined, and it's something about like they're essentially like adding a bunch of super armors and frontal guards and stuff to current skills. Is what somebody told mm. me. I don't know if I believe that, but that's what somebody told me that somebody found. Apparently, either data mined or leaked or something. Right. Is that essentially for the warrior one, which is apparently the first one that they're doing is warrior Valkyrie. And I think they said Ranger, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't that yeah, what they said? War, warrior Valkyrie Ranger will be the first. Yeah. And they said that that's what they were doing for the warriors pre-awakening. If you choose to go like the pre-awakening secession thing or whatever, is that it's, it adds a bunch of protections, which is going to be interesting. So here's the other thing. One of the questions was, could you skip awakening entirely and move straight to succession? And they say it's possible, depending on your playstyle preference, you can choose which path you want to take. So it does sound like you could play with exclusively one or the other, man. I just, dude, this has me well, like... Well, I mean, that would just, that would, that would basically just mean you don't do your awakening quest, right? More than like, I feel like something, like, Ranger would be something most people might, if they want to just be just a bow user, they could skip the awakening. Because a lot of Rangers didn't really like the awakening yeah. and it doesn't make much sense to some See, people. I... I I'm telling you, I'm gonna when this comes out, I'm re-rolling to I'm, just a purely awakened ranger. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I have a feeling this is how it's gonna be. I have a feeling that the secession thing is gonna be a black spirit quest. It's gonna be just like the awakening quest, and at the end of it, you're essentially gonna choose like which one you want. You're gonna choose either your main hand offhand for your main weapon, or your awakening weapon for your main weapon, or the that middle ground, the right. hybrid. And then whichever one you choose is going to give you access to those new skills and those new either protections or CCs or whatever they decide to change about the current existing mm -hmm. skills. That's going to be what it's going to be like. I I'd put money so on it. So here's the closest thing we have that's kind of related to that. They said, um, the question was, can characters who have already awakened use succession weapons? And they say it's possible, but you won't be able to do it mid-combat. When we talked about the awakening system, the biggest flaw to it is that its classes playstyle sees a large change once you awaken. Although there were a lot of players who didn't like that sudden change in playstyle, um, they were still forced to play the awakening part of their class due to how powerful it is. This was a mistake from our part, and it always bothered us. With the succession system, we feel that some of the complaints towards awakening will disappear. Simply put, the succession skill system allows players to opt out of awakening and continue using pre-awakening side. So you will be able to change it on the fly. just Or not on the fly, but you'll be able to change it post whatever you choose, it sounds like. Right, just not during combat, which I think is good. So that almost that almost makes it sound like it's a one or the other thing. That is exactly what like it sounds that almost like, makes right? 
Yeah, that makes it sound like you're either going to choose to awaken oh, six, or eight, to, yeah. I don't know, secession, you know? Right. That, that's what that makes it sound like. You're going to choose one of the two quests to take from the Black Spirit, whether you want to continue using your pre-awaken weapon, which is now going to be considered your secession weapon or whatever they end up calling right. it. Or if you want to move into your awakening weapon, that's what that makes it sound like. So they, to so me, yeah, anyway. they said the warrior's already done. The Valkyrie and the Ranger are yeah. being developed, and they're not sure which one will be finished first. Um, it's gonna be I mean, interesting. One or the other probably would work. Like that would work as well. Like rather than having to like do another quest and all that just to pick and choose and whatever you want. Like if you just choose between Awakening and Secession, then like that kind of works. For, like I think as well. Like it would be pretty. Not that it would be easy to implement, but it would be easier than having everybody have like five different skill trees to like choose from and lock themselves into and all that. Just just make it slightly simple. But you know, <laughs> there's a, there, on the Invin Global translation of the interview, someone one of the comments is only one question: Why does Musa not have a grab? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe how they end up doing it is in a similar vein to absolutes where they add like a secession skill onto the end of a bunch of different skills that you can only like learn if you take the secession path. Right. And similarly, like you can take the basic awakening skills if you go the secession path, but you can't level them up so that they like do damage and have lower cooldowns and all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? One of my guildies basically said the same thing last night. It's like, the secession should would, might could be like what the absolutes were supposed to be, because like the absolutes are they're nice and everything, but they're just a a buffed up version of that skill. I think when they were first coming out, it was like oh, the skills were supposed to be like a bit radically more different. Um, yeah, they were a little lackluster compared to what everybody thought. Yeah, they were so I think which like, ones were the absolutes. Absolutes. What? You're you guys are crazy. What do you mean they were lackluster? Well, I think everybody thought. I think everybody thought that absolutes were going to be like, yeah, I can exclusively use my pre-awakening now if I want well, to, I, but I you do can't. I think everybody thought like, that. You guys are crazy. I think a lot of people thought that. Or I thought a lot of people thought that at least absolutes would put pre-awakened abilities on the same level as awakened abilities, and for some skills it did, for majority it did not. It's class by class, but for some skills it, uh, like. There's more good yeah. pre-awakened Sork skills than awakened Sork skills. Yeah, absolutely. But the, I think for a majority of skills, your awakening is still better. Like, even after Absolutes came out. That's what, what I'm saying. Ninja? What about Ninja? You're still getting Serpentin. You're not getting Malice to death. You're getting no, Serpentin. You're getting Shadow Stomp to death. And Beheading. And Bladesmith. Into a... Into a... Into you don't serpent. have to serpent. I mean, serpent's one awakened skill. It's like literally the only one they <laughs> you don't. You don't have to serpent. I'll just die from the from the beheading. You know. <laughs> no, obviously there are a lot of classes like that, but it, it, I'm just saying that it. They gave wait. They gave it, warrior. Uh, we'll take pulse. They called it ground slam or whatever, but. <laughs> that wasn't a part of the absolute though that was a totally different thing <laughs> well i mean they made it powerful with the absolute version and then they made it super armor yeah. with after now it's basically voltaic pulse but faster and better 
uh, not faster post-voltaic change. Oh, gosh, if it was yeah. pre-voltaic I'm, change, I'm I'd kidding, agree with I'm that. I'm kidding. Uh, well, yeah, yeah dude, I'm know. fucking uh, so excited, we'll dude. Like, huge changes like too. that, even if it ends up not being, like, as good as my excitement is having me feel. Um, just any change makes it super interesting. I think it'll be so fun to run into people and, like, okay, this is... This dude plays pre-awakened. Like I gotta, I gotta learn how to fight a warrior pre-awakened because now there's a bunch of warriors that are pre-awakened. You know, like yeah, yeah that, that's gonna be a ton of fun. He, my only concern is that I hope that people can continue playing the way they can now. Yeah, if, if after this, yeah, I, that, that's, I, agree. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Well. Like, that'll be a big thing to. We'll, um... That's that's the only concern that I have. I think that's really the only concern that people have yeah. in general is I don't want to be forced. To change how I play now, utilizing both systems, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Otherwise, so, as long as they retain that option, then I am a hundred percent on board with this. Otherwise, they'll have uh, literally the same issue that they said they didn't like what they did in the beginning. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly, right. And then in in two fucking years, we'll uh, we uh, forced a lot of players to abandon their hybrid style of using their pre awakening yeah. and their awakening weapon, and we've been regretting yeah, it ever since. Try, but, we're guess what? We're gonna put it back in now. <laughs> yeah. No, we're gonna try a new recession skill system that makes your skills weaker. Yeah. We're gonna put in the recession skill system, so now you only use your awakening uh, now, weapon. Now you can only use auto attacks. We're actually playing. We're we playing just, league we just, on video. <laughs> exactly. We removed every weapon from the game, and this is now a boxing game. <laughs> you can enhance your boxing gloves. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay so i i think that's kind of it on that i mean all right it, let's just say let's say they do come out and kind of with the question that you asked everyone in the beginning res if if these do come out and the pre-awakened path is really good and the awakened path is really good like if it was identical to what we currently have now in power it just is a play style preference what class would you play and what version of that class would you play and why so I'm gonna let you know when this change hits. There's a like a ninety percent chance I'm re-rolling warrior. I'm just gonna go ahead and let you know. Uh, as for which one I'm gonna play, it really depends. Honestly, if they change nothing about the awakening, they just leave it like as it is, mm-hmm. basically. Then I'll end up going the secession, the pre-awakening route, assuming that everything that I heard was correct that they're adding a bunch of super armors and other things like that to it to make it a lot more protected and frontline-y because that's kind of what I wanted to play in the first place when I rolled Warrior way back in the day. I wanted to play like this really, really tanky guy that's like this frontliner. That's what I was looking forward to. So if that's actually the case, then I'm 1000% doing that. But if they actually do, like, buff the Awakening at all, then I, it's going to be hard for me not to do that because the Warrior Awakening is really good. So it's like, if they make it even better, you know, if they add CCs or add new skills or they add protections or anything, right. then I'm, I'm going to feel like I should probably go that because it's already good and they're making it better. But we'll see. But either way, regardless of what happens, I'm probably dropping another $100 on this game in a couple months. <laughs> so you're not going to do pre-awakened Zerker? Doesn't sound cool to you? Yeah, just spin to win. No. 
<laughs> no. Interesting. So you actually uh, like Zerker... Zerker's Awakening more than Free Awakening? Oh, okay. I do. I think Zerker's Awakening is the fun part, yeah. honestly. I think Zerker's Pre-Awakening is the effective part, and that's the part that people need to get good with if they want to be a good Zerker. But the part that's fun, the part that drew me in to the class originally when I saw a video of the Berserker Awakening way mm-hmm. back in the mm-hmm. day, and I was like, holy shit, this dude is like explosions and all kinds of crazy shit. Like, that's that's fun. That's the fun part right. to me. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I might end up, if they come out with a buffed up Awakened Berserker, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but there's a good chance I'm rolling Warrior. I'm honest to God, and this is going to sound kind of silly, I have no interest in Witcher Wizard after these changes hit, probably. Yeah. All, Just straight Ollie, up. What about you? It's actually funny Rezla says that. Um, I don't know. Like, I'll have to wait and see. I feel like if Secession on the Witch is going to make... It's going to return them to more of that support class we saw when they were purely pre-awakened. Like, they're still going to have their offensive abilities, but I feel like all their support shit is going to be way more uh, utilized and powered up, which, you know, from a shot calling standpoint, that kind of like, that could be really interesting for me. Like, I wouldn't mind being a, more supportive, but I, you know, I'd have to wait and see. <laughs> just imagining like, the literally all I do this... is like, you dive in a base and you're like, I'm just going to heal. I'm just going to yeah. speed spell. Oh, I'm dead. Oh, right. I'm just going to call from the ground. See you guys in three minutes. <laughs> I'm just imagining a succession PA that gives you 9,999 oh DP for 10 God. seconds. Well, I wouldn't have to worry about that, so it'd be fun. <laughs> but no, oh, yeah, I think like, it'd be interesting. Uh, I'll have to wait and see, though. Like, I think it yeah. would be fun. Like, yeah. I feel like it would pretty much cast it would be like they were pre-awakened, which they weren't, you know, they were pretty good still, and the pre-awakening is kind of interesting, but, you know, it is pretty fun just to jump in a pack and, you know, Shift F, Voltic, everybody did it. And you're like, ah, everybody died. It's pretty funny that you mentioned that maybe the pre-awakening ends up being a little bit more supportive. Because Frosty, whenever they first released, like, this idea, you you added me in Discord. You said, I swear to God, they're listening to the podcast. <laughs> and whenever I read the article, I thought to myself, is this their way of doing exactly what I've said for a couple weeks now? which is you should allow players to choose between one of two play styles. I was talking more in the form of choosing to be like tanky, DPS supportive, more Trinity alike, but something to think about if what the information given to me by Guildmate is true and that they added a lot of protections to the uh, warrior pre-awakening, maybe they buff up the awakening like damage on some abilities or something like that to make it, a little more DPS focus, is that essentially what we end up getting? We essentially end up getting, you can either play the tanky sword and shield warrior or oh, the, the high DPS <laughs> burst great sword warrior. Like, is that what we end up getting? It's kind of an interesting thought, yeah. you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's certainly... I'm excited as I fuck. Just, I just <laughs> saw has unlimited iframe. But it, more, it, it already more does, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um... Double unlimited <laughs> iframes. <laughs> right. Dude, I would be so torn on this because I'm trying to imagine a world <laughs> a world of BDO that's balanced where Sork's pre-awakening is even stronger. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like trying to picture We're, it's like, wait dude, a minute, they're gonna buff all of my pre-awakened <laughs> skills? What? Mm. 
Yeah, dude, we're gonna return to we're gonna return to Calfion days where it's just pre-awakened sorks and rangers running around murdering right, yeah. everyone You're and just nobody can do anything about it. Sending current to death <laughs> in Node Wars. Yeah. yeah, dude, but I would be super tempted by quite a few of the things, the implications here because a sork where you always have your scythe out sounds fun as hell. And same thing on the Kuno. A Kuno where you're always use, using your Chakram sounds super fun as well. Like, that was the old Kuno before the changes. Like, you still used Pre-Awakening, but the Awakening was so much fun and so powerful. And, like, mm-hmm. and I love that weapon, so that would be kind of cool. Um, so what what are you playing if Secession comes I don't know. I think, I think I'd have to stick to Sork. I can't imagine that... I. If Sork even becomes a little bit more fun, it'd be, like, ridiculous, because I already think it's super fun. But, but what if they buff Mystic Awakening? That's the other one I thought about, too. I legit <laughs> thought about that. I was like, wait, if I could... If I, could I know, because you always talk about how much you hate Mystic Pre-Awakening, but you love the Awakening. Yeah, if I could lock Mystic's Pre-Awakening and use only the Awakening <laughs> and it was just as powerful, would be that would actually be super fun. <laughs> You just need you need to start getting weapons for all your classes so you don't end up dropping a hundred dollars every two weeks on this game because you want to try all the classes. Yeah, well, <laughs> pen weapons for every class. That's rough. You don't need pen weapons for every class. Just get tets. No, you, can't, you can't. That's enough. With tets, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling when your when your co-host says you can't kill anybody with tets and you're sitting on a duo dandy. Feels dude, bad. yeah, what happened? I saw you in Hanson the other day. You're logging in and out. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this dude re-rolled to a class and a day later blew his shit up. <laughs> you didn't even dude, get to enjoy the class. Okay. <laughs> Clash, in Clash, we had a fucking enhanced night and I couldn't get anything to, like, enhance with. So I'm sitting there in this circle. Everybody's going for some crazy shit and I have nothing. And I'm just like, ah, oh, dude, I just, I want to be a part of this. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, I got like a 130 stack. Fuck it, I'm going for pen. So I just went for pen. Fuck it. Do you have, and do you I have failed. A 136 stack now? <laughs> yeah. And, hey, you're getting close to that stack where you can just start croning and it's actually like pretty efficient. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking 140 plus is where I'm just going to start croning everything. Yeah. That's yeah, what I'm 169 thinking. 169 is where it's at, Resla. I'm telling you. <laughs> Once I don't know if my heart can last that long, Ollie. Uh, it's it's my, actually not hey, too one much One of my longer. guys, one of my guys got over two hundred before he got his. We're like, at this point, you might as well just go for three hundred beat to jewels. <laughs> so, fun fact: uh, since I went for pin, I have turned a. I think originally it was a seventy something stack into a hundred and something stack, trying to get Tet back on it. That's how much I failed since I went for pin. So I'm not having a good time. Yeah, you're, you're in a rough <laughs> spot right now. That's unfortunate. Um, but I mean, it's whatever. It's not like I'm fragging anyway, right? I mean, majority of my time in Nodewars is spent uh, calling whenever Noah's dead or he's walking back to the regroup point because he can never be on his fucking horse. So, <laughs> you know, that works. Um... Shout out to Noah. You're probably listening to this. Use your fucking horse, you troglodyte. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so we just have a couple a couple other little things here. I wanna ask uh have either of you tried the new history spots? 
No. Reza, nope. have you ever been in history? I did. I went one time on my Zerker and I immediately left because I was like, this is this is gonna require me like learning how to do things, and that's not what I play BDO for. And so I immediately <laughs> left. God. <laughs> Frosty just died a little on the inside. <laughs> um Dude, if I can't just like turn my brain off and go in a circle, I don't wanna fuck with it. Like I just don't. Yeah. I mean you kinda can though. Uh, dude, that's not what I've been told. Cause like I was grinding and I was like, I think I'm making okay money. And then I told somebody and they were like, oh no, that's really, really bad. Like you have to like do these pools and you have to make these mobs go over here and you gotta make sure you use this ability over here. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm done. Yeah, I'm good. That's, that's why <laughs> you just somebody you told never listen me, once, to that shit, Rizlos. <laughs> like, oh, how much did you get an hour? Once somebody told me, listen, once somebody told me. Oh, just look up a tutorial on how to guide, how to grind history. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm good. No, thanks. If it requires a tutorial, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm just going to go back to Manchwams. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> they added three new rooms that are all connected through a hallway on a separate side of history. It's like the complete opposite side of where main and side currently are. Um, They're very good. If you connect them, they're good. You have to basically do a room and a half for it to be good. Um, or if you're lower geared and you're just like doing history like slowly, you could probably do one of the two rooms. Um, the middle room is big enough to support one person that's clearing quickly, but it's like it doesn't have all the good mobs. So, yeah, it's kind of a weird, but it's nice because uh, now main and side are a little bit less contested. And if they are full, you can go to those spots instead, which is kind of cool. Yeah, more importantly for everybody who needs their Elton piece, how many Eltons are on this new rotation, Frosty? <laughs> yeah, so I think the efficient one, people were saying eight, but I actually think the efficient rotation is seven, because one of the rooms has five Eltons in it, and then you pop out to the other room and grab two more. So, yeah, if you're looking for a compass piece. Th that's actually, pretty good. I actually don't want the compass piece, because... If I get the History of Compass piece from Elton, so I have the Vodkin one already, I'm going to have to go to Achman, and I hate Achman. I, I, I only need the <laughs> Elton piece, and then I'm done, so I'm like, mm, it's super not efficient for me to do it, but I kind of want that Compass piece, so... <laughs> oh, God. Can the Rezla read it to me like an audiobook? <laughs> Oh, that's fine. Just get him to read it while he's upside down. Uh, I thought I, I thought I should go get some immediately, but uh, Dude. they just—they seem ridiculously overpowered compared to the rest of the furniture buffs. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I don't know. Yeah. I kind of want to yeah, go get they one. Seem they seem pretty insane. Yeah, 15 AP and either 5% all resist or 5% ignore all resist. Um, I hate these fucking items with a passion. <laughs> like, I actually hate these items because going to your residence to buff up before a node war or siege on top of all the other 50 million fucking things you have to do now is annoying as shit. 
It's just not a fun mechanic. I don't know in what world it's fun to walk over to a furniture piece, talk to it to get a buff in one specific city before you start a war. It's just like tedious as hell, and I hate it. And I hope these items are super rare and barely anyone has them forever. I mean, I think most people just use camel statues for the yeah, 9 AP. That's, that's pretty, what I use anyway. For most people. Yeah. And they're like always on the marketplace, so there's like Hardly ever a time where you can't get them. How much durability have, like, do they have? Ten of them in my house. Uh, uh I think like fifty. I think that ancient that camel I statue I had less than that, like ten. Yeah, or some ancient shit. camel statue it gives nine AP. So you can use it. Uh, Maybe. Yeah, but know. the thing is that makes these new ones so much better. Is a is more AP plus the other stat, and it lasts for two full hours, not just one. Oh, okay. So yeah, that, that is good. There's there's no doubt in my mind that the new ones are better. I'm just no, saying yeah, I that like I just, these are much more available. Alright, um Frosty just wants <laughs> to put it in his tent though, and just use it from there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. What are you gonna do? Just get Frosty, just get fucking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of them and put them in every city. Easy fix. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they're pretty hard to get, but I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully they're impossible to get. Um, so there was this patch note. I just wanted to go over this patch note real quick because I was reading a thread on it that made me laugh. Um, this patch note said, It confirmed the issue where among the frenzy draft effects, the extra AP against monstered was applied as plus 30, different from what it was being displayed. Hence, changes were made so that plus 30 effect is correctly displayed and applied rather than lowering the extra AP against monsters to the previously displayed value of plus 20. I read this, and in on the Reddit, everyone was like, LOL, fucking incompetent idiots. And I was just like, uh, who cares? Like, we just got a free 10 AP because they made a mistake in, in like only PV. What the fuck is the big deal? Yeah, the, the the drought is, like, even better than we thought it was. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just so funny. People read it and was like, God, this incompetent company, man. When are they going to shut down already, these pieces of shit? Oh, no. Something, something they <laughs> fucked up that worked in our favor for once. God damn it. Yeah, no. I don't know. People were just so upset. I just was kind of blown away by how much anger was directed towards the mistake. Um, although it does leave you wondering how many more mistakes are there, you know? Like hidden things that you uh, just have no idea. Fuck, don't go down that rabbit hole, Frosty. This will be another three-hour yeah. show. <laughs> like, like I don't know, maybe <laughs> Violation 3 applying the damage of Violation 1, 2, and 3 combined? <laughs> who knows? I don't know, who knows? Uh, who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that that's all I really got. Yeah, that's that's everything that we wanted to talk about. We got an extra 30 minutes of, I don't know, I guess shot calling? That's really all we talked yeah. about for like 30 minutes no, straight. No we're shooting the shit, you know? Yeah, fuck it. Uh, Ollie, thanks for coming and hanging out with us, man. Really appreciate you making time. I know it's like really early uh, over there and it's before you got to go to well, work. Well, it's not so, well, it is kind of early still, but it wasn't so bad. But thanks for having me, guys. It was great to be here and have a chat and talk some shit. And, uh, we well, sure, definitely won't see Rezler in history, but. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll see. I'll see you in history, dude. I'll be I'm in some putting... random room clearing it, like, so slow, and you'll be like, is he AFK? Uh. 
getting can I get uh, a deck on blade and arrow, please? Alright, I'll see you in history, Ollie. Yeah, right. Okay, no worries. <laughs> uh Ollie, you don't stream or anything like that, no, do you? I don't. Um we Well plug your plug your guild for the people listening. Where where what's your guild? What do y'all do? How can they get in? All right. Uh, just fuck it. <laughs> yeah, send me a talk. message in game. I probably won't respond. Well, I might. Who knows? But I think the easiest way is just to hit us up on Discord or see us around. I think we're normally sitting on some balance channels. You see us around. You want to? People want to come fight us? Come fight. We'll fight people all day long. But yeah, um, I don't even know what my Discord tag is anymore. But if anybody wants to join or come. Come have a chat, just reach out. It's pretty easy. We're all pretty chill yeah. for the most also, part. So. Also, they're a really good ally to have if you uh, place with them. And they like to do all the scouting for you. Yeah, absolutely. Me, I like to do all the scouting for you. <laughs> yeah, all these no specific one, no, one, no one else does anymore. <laughs> he's, he's running around Basham Base looking for digitals for it. <laughs> oh, dude. Holy shit. Uh and Ollie, uh, Ollie is in the community Discord, so oh, if you yeah. want to get in touch with that'd, him to see about joining the guild, yeah, if you want to get in touch with him to see about joining the guild, you can just join that, and you can catch him in there. By the time this video comes out, he will have the uh, guest tag, so he'll be up towards the top in the little sidebar, so you can just message him and see about joining Blade and Arrow in their T1 goodness, if that's something you're interested in. Uh, thanks again, Ollie, for hanging out with us. And uh, Frosty, you got anything else before we? Head um, out? yeah. Share the YouTube video through your different discords. Um, follow me on Twitch, Twitch.tv/sofrosty. I will probably not be streaming. Um, check out. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll try to stream. I, I want to do some PvP and stuff. I just, I, I legit have to have someone teach me how to actually like block my channel and stuff. You know, like the uh, whatever. I gotta learn how to do that stuff. Um, <laughs> well, in the future, we'll try to do a, a live stream of the podcast, and and I'll try to blast it out like a week beforehand if we can schedule it early enough. Um, yeah. I, hopefully, this week will be a little bit better. Last last week was a complete experimentation, so thank you for bearing with us. Um, yeah, share share the podcast. We need more people out there listening. Try to share with your friends. Get people listening. Pop in your discords. Spam in world chat if you want to put up a Reddit post that works for me as well. <laughs> whatever, whatever you want to do, dude, I'll upvote you. You got my upvote. So yeah, thanks again for listening. Yeah, and uh, make sure you join the community Discord. Uh, we'll be doing another community night here relatively soon. Maybe this week, yeah, we'll, Frosty. We'll maybe this week. Maybe this week. We'll let you know. The only way you're going to be able to know when that's going down is if you join the community Discord. The invite link is in the description. So make sure you go join the community Discord so you can get updates on everything that we're doing because I don't use Twitter. Fuck that shit. Discord's the only way you're going to get all those notifications. But thanks again for listening, guys. Make sure you answer uh, our question. Again, that's with the secession weapon. If you got to choose to change the main weapon that you use for a majority of the time... If you got to pick between your pre-awakening and your awakening, which one would you choose and why? And make sure you tell us what class you are as well, obviously. Make sure you answer that question, drop a comment down below, share this shit everywhere, join the Discord, and we will catch you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Yeah.